This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Welcome, Fellowship Church. Pastor Brian here. We're so glad that you're joining us tonight for our online service. Take a minute right now and just share and like this video to all of your friends and your family. It's just a great opportunity for you to share the Word of God with family and friends. I'm going to start tonight by, by praying, and then we'll get right into our lesson. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you tonight, and we thank you, Father, for your Word in our lives. We know, Lord, that it is life, and it is health to us, and it brings blessing. And so, Father, we just ask that you would open the eyes of our understanding and help us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you guys tonight about three keys to getting unstuck. Have you ever been stuck in your life? I know that in my life, there's been multiple times where I've been stuck. One time that I can remember pretty vividly was back when I was in high school. I had a 1981 white C10 Chevy short box. And this thing was awesome. It had a straight six. It had a three-on-the-tree shifter. And uh, I drove this thing like I stole it every single day. And uh, one time, I was on my way somewhere, and I didn't want to take the long way. I wanted to go down this dirt road. And this dirt road was a little over a half a mile to the gravel. But the problem was is that it had just rained. And so there was a little bit of uh, of of moisture in this road and it looked kind of slimy but yet it kind of looked like yeah I think I can probably I think I could probably make it down this road and so I just decided to put it in gear smash the accelerator and head down this road and I knew that if I just kept it right in the middle of the road I would be okay and I can tell you I got about halfway down that road but then things started to go sideways things got squirrely and I'm turning one way turning the other way just trying to keep the truck on the road but ultimately the dirt road was too slimy and I ended up in the ditch and it didn't matter what I did I could not get unstuck and so I had to do the walk of shame down this gravel road to uh, this individual's house that had a tractor and man it was it was a sad day uh, when I got stuck and so you know, sometimes in life, we find ourselves to be stuck. You know, maybe we overestimate our, our ability. Maybe uh, we find ourselves uh, alone in our thinking, and we think that we have it all under control. Um, and maybe you've been overlooked or forgotten. Um, I, don't, I don't know where you find yourself at tonight when it comes to being stuck in your life, but um, I've got some keys tonight, and they may not be all of the keys to getting unstuck, but I believe that, that his word is going to shed light on uh, your circumstance and help you to get unstuck. And I know that, you know, in this year of 2020, I mean, probably everybody that is watching has felt stuck because like 2020, it's like we're asking ourselves the question, when is this ever going to end? Am I right? But uh, I, so I know that we've all felt stuck. And so tonight I just want to look at three things. The first one is uh, uh, the first step that we can take to getting unstuck is leading our emotions. You know, emotions are not random things that just happen. Uh, they are, they're the product of circumstances and they're the product of things that we believe. But the point that I want to make is, is that we can't allow our emotions to lead our life. You know, recently uh, I failed this test. Uh, one time the, uh, this individual called me and there were some circumstances that were going on and 
they said some things, and, and I responded in a manner that just, it wasn't right. I, I allowed my emotions to get the best of me, and I responded to this individual, and then I hung up the phone, and I felt like what I had said was okay, and it was right, and then I started feeling like, yeah, it wasn't right, and then you know how that goes. You begin to justify what it is that you said and, and, and trying to talk yourself into um, you know maybe the things that weren't kind or were not becoming, and so... Um, I, I basically, my, my conscience was just bugging me and bugging me. And finally, I'm like, okay, I got to call this individual and I got to get this right and I got to uh, make this right. And so I did, you know, but, but the problem was, is that I allowed my emotions in that moment to lead me. And, and, and we can't do that. We must, we must, we must always lead our own emotions so that we're not saying things and doing things and responding in a manner that, that gets us stuck in that ditch, so to speak. And so, you know, in the times that we're living right now, I mean, emotions are high and, and people's emotions are just, they're, they're all over the place and, and they are being led by their emotions. And so we can't fall into that trap in life where we are allowing emotions to lead us. We have to lead our emotions and you know whether it be in our job whether it be in our marriage uh, whether it be in our relationships we just really have to show caution that we're not allowing our emotions to get the best of us because it can really put us in the ditch so to speak and cause us to be stuck if we are allowing our emotions to lead us you know first Thessalonians 5 says it this way it says that you know we are a spirit and we have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and we have a body. You know, and, and I like what Galatians uh, 16 says. You know, Paul is encouraging us. It says, to walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires are contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit is contrary to the flesh, and they will conflict with one another. But the fruit of the Spirit is love it's joy, it's peace, it's forbearance, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, and it's self-control. And so we, we have to lead our emotions and we have to have self-control and we have to crucify the flesh and allow the spirit man to lead our lives. And so how do we lead our emotions? And uh, we lead our emotions by asking some questions in the moment. You know, we need to ask the question, you know, what emotions am I feeling right now? And, and where, where is this coming from? You know, is this, is this because of the circumstance that I find myself in? Is this a temptation, you know, of the flesh to cause me to say something or do something that I shouldn't? And, and, and we have to ask ourselves where that's coming from. The next thing we need to say is, is what circumstances or belief caused this emotion? You know, and I kind of liken it to this that, that uh, you know, we have to ask the third question of is, is what does God's word say? You know, when we come into any circumstance in our lives, you know, maybe it's one where we have this, the, the bill or something that, that shows up unexpectedly. You know, our emotions will lead us in that circumstance, but, but if we will ask these questions and we will look at God's truth, we'll, we'll, we'll realize I'm not going to allow my emotions to get the best of me. I'm going to look at what God's word said, his, his truth. His truth says that he will meet and supply every single need. And so we stand on that. We allow that to lead our lives instead of the emotions that maybe are bubbling up inside of us. Maybe, maybe there's a, a, a report of, of you know, your health that, that, that is somewhat um, 
unsettling. You know, your emotions can start to roll and you can start to go down these paths in your, in your emotions and allow your emotions to lead you, but you have to always go back to what it is, what is it that God's word says? His word says that, that he will, um, you know, that by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, I am healed. And, and, and take that as your own and say, no, I'm not going to allow my emotions to get the best of me. I'm going to stand on and I'm going to allow God's word to lead me. You know, another one in these days is, is someone that comes against you harshly. It could be somebody that, that you work with. It could be a spouse. You know, and what, what, is it that, what is it that God's word says? You know, Proverbs 15, 1 says that a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. I like what Proverbs 14, 29 says. It says, when your heart overflows with understanding, you'll be very slow to get angry. But if you're, if you're a quick temper, your impatience will be quickly seen by all. And so I think what that's admonishing us to do is, is that when our lives are overflowing with the word of God and God's truth in our lives, it makes it so much easier to lead our emotions. And so that's what it's encouraging us to do. So God's truth, his word is, is what we need to have as the anchor of our lives. But the problem is, is that many, many times people allow their emotions to be the anchor of their life. And, and, and what that ends up leading to is it ends up leading to a life that's stuck. And so if that's where you find yourselves, you have to, you have to just take an inventory and realize, you know what? God's, God's truth is above my emotions. And I can allow God's truth to lead my life and lead my emotions. The second thing that we need to do in our lives to get unstuck is, is that we need to renew our mind. You know, when we get stuck, uh, uh, we get stuck in our thinking. It's because when we get stuck, it's because our thinking is wrong. And it's kind of like when I was sailing down that road in the truck, you know, and I'm, I'm cruising along, everything's fine. But when that truck started to get squirrely, and I'm trying to fix it one way and the other, and, but the next thing you know, I'm in the ditch because it, the truck got squirrely. And the same thing is true in our lives and in our thinking is that if our thinking begins to get squirrely, it gets squirrelier and squirrelier and squirrelier. And that's the craziest uh, example that I've ever come up with. But, but it just gets squirrely and we end up in the ditch and we end up stuck. And, and the only thing you know, that, that can help us or move us out of that situation is changing how we think. And I tell you guys, the, the world is, is looking for that help. They're looking for that thing to move them, to change the way that they think. And, 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 it, and it's told to us by the statistics when it comes to self-help that, that says, like, last year that in the book sales, there were $18 million worth of books sold for self-help. And what I found to be even more astounding is that in audiobook sales for self-help, it was $770 million were being spent by people who were trying to fix their thinking fix the way that they believe because their life stuck. And, and, and we know by the word of God that it is only the word of God that can change the way that we think. And, and it's by renewing our mind that changes the way that we think. You know, Romans 12, 2 says it like this. It says, do not be conformed, uh, means to contract or take the shape of, to this world. 
fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. And I mean to tell you, in this world, that is exactly what we have going on, our superficial customs. But the world is trying to get us to conform to that. You know, uh, here recently, my son uh, got this kinetic sand out. And I don't know if you've ever seen kinetic sand, but if you want to buy a gift for one of your grandkids that really causes consternation, buy him kinetic sand. Why? Because kinetic sand is exactly what it is. It's sand. And, and the, the sand is in the house. And the sand is on the floor. The sand is on the wood floor. And the next thing you know, you're sliding all over the place. But I digress. I'm sorry. But kinetic sand is, is, is pretty amazing because what they do is they put this, this thing in it that causes it to conform. And so my son's playing with it, and he can squish it, and he can take these forms that he has, and he can smash them on the sand or smash the sand into them. And what happens to the sand is, is that they conform to that form or to that mold. And the same thing is happening, you know, in the world today. That's the, what the world and the enemy of our, our adversary is trying to do, is he's trying to squeeze us into the, the, the world's mold and cause us to conform. And so uh, Paul is telling us in Romans, it says, don't conform, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and its new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourself what is good and what is acceptable and what is the perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So it, this is a process that takes place. Either we're being conformed, we're in the process of being pushed into the mold of the world, or we're taking ourselves and we're, we're putting ourselves under his um, influence in our lives and we're allowing him to transform and change our life and change the way that we think. And, and, and media and social media uh, and the world, they're working to push us in and cause us to fit into its mold. And, and, and that pressure comes to each and every one of us where it's like, you know, I want to fit in. I want to make sure that I fit in and I want to be right. But that's, that's the attempt of the world to cause us to fit in. But God's saying, you know, we can't fit in. We can't conform to the ways, and the, uh, the ways of the world because uh, uh, we can't conform. We need to be transformed in the way that we think. You know, the definition of re, uh, renewing your mind is it's the process of partnering with the Holy Spirit in believing by faith what the Bible says about you. And the Word of God becomes your anchor, and you believe it over anything else. And so that process of renewing your mind, it changes the way that you think. It causes you to, it reveals to you the things that you need to change in your thinking. And it's only the Word of God and His truth that will do that in your life. I like what 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5 says in the Passions Translation. It says, For although we live in a natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and breaks through every arrogant attitude and de the defiance of the true knowledge of God. 
we can capture like a prisoner of war every thought and insist that it bows to the obedient uh, the obedience of the anointed one. And so that's what happens when we, tr- when we, when we, uh, when we renew our mind is, is that it, it comes against these deceptive things in our lives. It comes against these arrogant attitudes. It, 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 it brings them to light and it shows us, wow, man, I've been deceived and, and, and wow, I've, just, I've been believing something that's not true. And so when we renew our minds, that's what's taking place in our lives. So number one, we have to lead our emotions. Number two, we need to renew our mind in order to get stuck. And then the last thing is, is that uh, it's kind of a final step. It's kind of an action step is, is that we need to be disciplined. We need to be disciplined. And I know that it's so funny here the other day, I saw something on social media, a friend of mine posted that he's already got his, his uh, uh, holiday uh, weight, weight uh, gain started. And it's so true because we're coming into the holidays and it's like, man, I don't want to do self-control. I want to, I want to eat, 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 you know, but, but we have to be disciplined in our lives. we have to lead our emotions, we have to renew our mind, and we have to be disciplined. You know, I like, like what uh, this quote says, that discipline is doing what you know needs to be done, even if you don't want to do it. And I like this other quote that says, if you, don't dis- if you do not discipline yourself, the world will do it for you. And so it's so true. Discipline has to be that action step, that action thing that we do in our lives that we are em- embracing and endeavoring to be disciplined. I like what Hebrews 12:11 says in the ESV. It says, "For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant to those who have been trained by it." You know, and so in the moment it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem pleasant, but in the end, it leads to blessing in our lives. You know, Jesus said, he said, go into all the world and make disciples. And, and you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't want to be disciplined. But Jesus was saying, listen, I've called you to go and make disciples. I've called you to be a disciple. I've called the disciples into action. I've called you to renew, renew your mind. I've called you to lead your emotions. And so it's that action step. And, and when I think about discipline, you know, I, I, like, I like to think about uh, uh, Joseph in the Bible because, you know, when you think about somebody who had multiple opportunities in his life to feel like he was stuck, Joseph was one of those guys. You know, when you read the story of his life, there was just an ample opportunities where um, he could have faced discouragement. He could have questioned why it is that God, you know, why wasn't God intervening? Uh, why his brothers did what it is that they did? Why, why people that were in charge of him did what they did and forgot him and things of that nature. But there were four things that, that really stick out in my mind when it comes to Joseph's life. And that was, number one, he disciplined his flesh. He resisted the advances of Pharaoh's wife, and he didn't sin against God. And so as believers, you know, that's one thing that we really need to be disciplined in is the discipline of our flesh, not allowing our flesh to rule and reign in our lives. Number two, he stayed disciplined when he was falsely accused. And I tell you what, in, in, um, in our lives, there's going to be times where we might be falsely accused, 
but we have to remain disciplined in those moments to, to not fight back and fight out and, you know, and, and speak in anger and all of that. We, just let, we have to let God, we have to give those situations to God and say, you know what, I'm going to trust that you're going to take care of me in this situation, even though I might have been falsely accused. Maybe I didn't get the job or the promotion that I deserved, but I'm trusting in you. And that's, that's really what, that's what Joseph did in his life. Number three is, is that he was disciplined when he had been forgotten and, and he didn't become bitter. And I tell you, you know, if, if you're disciplined in those times when you're forgotten uh, and, you, and you just say, you know what, I'm just going to trust in you. I'm not going to allow myself to, to be led by my emotions and get into that place of bitterness. You will come out on the other side every single time, just as Joseph did. And then number four is that he disciplined his emotions and he responded with kindness towards his brothers and his family when they were reunited. You know, and when you think about that, kind of at the end of, of Joseph's life or at the end of that story, you know, he could have responded in, in, in a strong way. Like, where, where were you? Why'd you leave me? And why'd you forsake me? And, and he could have allowed those emotions that he had had for, for all of those years that, to build up. And, and he could have just exploded on him, but he didn't. He was, he was very disciplined, and he, and he showed that to his family. And so no matter where you find yourself at tonight, you know, you, you, may, you may be, you know, life might be good. You may not feel stuck. You might be, you know, right where you know that God wants you to be. But, but maybe you're not. Maybe you're on the other side of the spectrum, and you've, you've you know, slid off the road, so to speak. I, I just want to encourage you that God, God cares about you. He sees you and he wants to help you. And I would just encourage you to, to take these steps to, to, you know, maybe it's your emotions that got you into that place. You know, maybe it's just the fact that you didn't renew your mind. And so that's what got you into the place. Or maybe it's just a combination of, of it all that, that, has caused you to get where it is that you are right now. I just want to let you know tonight that God cares about you. He sees you and he wants to help you. And so I just encourage you to, to begin to take steps, to lead your emotions, to begin to renew your mind, to begin to be disciplined, you know, and, and are you going to be perfect? Am I going to be perfect? No, but, but God is there to help us. And he wants us to take these steps. He wants to, to, to cause, uh, to get our, our life back up where it's supposed to be and get us unstuck. And so if we'll just trust him, he will lead us out of that place that we find ourselves in and into a place of victory. And so I hope that you guys got something out of this tonight. You know, as we bring our, our time to an end here, I just want to give you guys an opportunity um, to honor God with your, with your tithes and with your offerings. You know, we've got uh, uh, myfc.info. You can go there, and there's a giving tab um, there, or you can text us uh, the, at the information that's on the screen. It's a great opportunity for you to, to just bring some of your uh, first fruits, you know, and I like what Proverbs 3, 9 says. It says, to honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce, and then your barns will be filled with grain and your vats will overflow. And that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to honor him with, with what it is that you are blessed with. And when you do that, he can, he can pour out more blessing in your life. And so let's just pray and then we'll be dismissed. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you tonight. And I thank you, Father, for the word of God that has been sown in our lives, Father God, to lead our emotions, to renew our 
our mind and to live a life that's disciplined, Lord. And I just thank you, Father God, that you'll help us, that you'll empower us, you'll strengthen us in these days to come, Father, to do those things, Lord. And I just thank you, Father, for, for those that were able to give, Father, and sow and honor you tonight, Lord. And I just thank you that you're pouring out a blessing in their life right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, I just want to thank you guys for joining me tonight, and I just encourage you guys to uh, join us again on Sunday morning at 945 for our online service. Have a great evening.